Blimey, governor! All the way from London, it's been <laughs> Good day to you, sir. Good day, mate. From Paris to London, you're an international man of mystery. How are you, mate? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Oh, yeah, not too it's bad. It's great to hear those accents again. Well, not the first one, but the, 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 real, the real ones. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that um, every one of our millennial listeners has played um, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? And um, this is our version, right? This is uh, where the fuck he's been this week. This is it. I can't wait to go to Port Moresby and hang out with uh, Lee and Bill Ding. Uh, oh, let's just come in San Diego joke. Uh, Which went over my head. There's, there's about three. <laughs> there's there's a, there's a lot of people from uh, from five six B. We went at Oakley Primary School who would get that joke. <laughs> For me, that was like, where in the world was that joke that Ben just said? <laughs> I've lost it. <laughs> did it cut out or did you just not get the joke? I just didn't get the joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I pretend I really know Carmen Sandiego right, well, but I don't. I'm more of a Wes Wally kind of guy. Oh, so well, well, Lee and Bill Ding were two of the villains that worked for Carmen Sandiego <laughs> and Port Moresby was the... Uh, was the city that always stumped you in the where they went, and you're like, well, where the hell is Port Moresby? I'm <laughs> I'm lost in London right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, it's a new week. Welcome to Good Movie Monday. We are the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name's Glenn Cochran. Ben does not need a second introduction, but Melzy Big does need a first one. Hello, Hel- Melzy. Hello. I'm going to pick your brains oh, about um, Melbourne Horror Film Society okay. in a moment, but it is great to have you back. Good to be here. Feels like it's been forever. It feels like it's been so long. <laughs> it kind of has. Kind of. I don't know. It feels, yeah, everything feels like this month is dragged. Mm. But And we're only just at the start of it. No, <laughs> last month. The last <laughs> yeah. month. The last month is well, dragged. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It is fantastic to have you with us. Um, listeners from all over the world, actually. So, please, wherever, wherever you are in the world, I'm going to put this out. Um, drop us a comment and let us know on the social media pages where you're listening to from um, because <laughs> Ben, they might be right next door. Could be the person in the next room. They could be the person in the next room. I have no idea. I don't know who's in that room. And they is it the kind of room where they hump on the other side? No, it's the it's the kind of room where where the humping all happens on this side. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but that's you know they gave they gave me extra pillows, so <laughs> yeah, what did they expect? <laughs> the, the solo rocketeer. <laughs> Gotta kill those bed bugs somehow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the easiest way you can find our podcast is um, goodmoviemonday.com, and from there you can choose where you listen to us from. We're on um, every single platform, by the way. Did you know that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's, there's links to our social media pages there as well. Regular listeners by now will know that uh, every week we do have a special guest on the show. So far into this year, I think we've had a guest on every episode. Ooh. That's pretty good. And this week we have um, the man of the hour, Matt Drummond, an Australian director whose previous movies were Dinosaur Island and My Pet Dinosaur. And he has a brand new movie coming out called The Secret Kingdom, which is a, it's my type of film. 
which is why I got him on the show. It's a total throwback. Is it about dinosaurs? <laughs> no. This one is about like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a weird one. It's sort of like a, a blend between um, Return to Oz and Never Ending Story. Oh. It's, a, it's a whole different kind of thing. But um, Wow. It's good too. Like it is definitely up my alley. So I've got a chat with him coming up. Hang around for that. Plus we do have our Bonehead Weekly segment from America. They're the guys from Kentucky. And, um, and Jarrett's actually going to swing in for a second in a moment. So... It's all happening. I wasn't sure if we're going to have him this week because last week, as you may have heard on the show, nope. No, I did. (laughs) No, I mean, nope, he wasn't here. (laughs) I thought you were questioning whether I was listening. Uh, (laughs) Well, you were. (laughs) Were you, Ben? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) No. No, of course not. (laughs) Anyway, Ben, really quickly, I want an update on your travels, mate. Last week that you told me you were queen, you were were queen? Just want to break free. I am the queen. <laughs> Last week you said that you were keen to suss out Popeye Chicken over there in Paris. I did manage to go to Popeye Chicken a couple of times, uh, <laughs> and then I had to, I, <laughs> not just once. I was very happy with that. And then here in London, I've discovered this place called uh, Slim Chickens. Slim Chickens, which is a Slim Chickens, which is a fantastic uh, fast food restaurant. The only, the best thing about it. Is and I put this up on Instagram. Is that it has bottomless? They've got free refills on, on their on their soft drinks, which is great. Always the bad thing. part about it is that even though they have things like Dr Pepper on their list, it's all the zero sugar Dr oh. Pepper, and zero sugar Coke and stuff. Gross. So it always leaves a just leaves a bit of a bad. Yeah. Yeah. Even in Australia, there's no such thing as sugar like full sugar Fanta anymore. What? I can't find really? it. Yeah, I, I've been looking for it because every That's now and then crazy. I feel like a fan. Oh, yeah, totally. That's bizarre. I know. Very outrageous. disappointing. Yeah. But I will say, I will say uh, the good thing about hanging out at that Slim Chickens, the Slim Chickens that I, I it was the first one I saw is just across the road from where the Harry Potter uh, curse of the red-headed stepchild or whatever the hell of the, <laughs> the play is. It's in the in the, in the heart of, in the heart of Soho. Um, just down from there. Revenge I of the Ginger Ninja. <laughs> I, uh, I literally almost bumped into Christy Wilson Cairns, the, um, the screenwriter from 1917 and funnily enough, last night in Soho, mm. uh, which was pretty awesome. And like, She's just walking down the street. No one else knows who she was. And mm. I, I kind of like, I, I like a double take. And I looked at her and I was like, she looked at me like weird. And I was like, she knows that I know who she is. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 by that same token, she was also glad that I didn't stop yeah. and try and talk to her or, or, or Mate, take a photo. You should have asked her to slim chicken. But then just to, <laughs> I totally, and then look, I, I, look, I, I totally Google stalked. Where her office was, I'm like, oh, that's that's where she was coming from, and I just happened to be there the next two days in a row. Just, just in case. Big Ben in London, but uh, but the the other person I ran into, funnily enough, right outside there was a there's a, a weird shop that's like the the it's like the graphic design of Harry Potter. Um, Everything's Harry Potter which is related, really yeah. weird, but literally. There's, I tell you what, it's it's fucking nuts here. The Harry Potter stuff is ridiculous. Really, and I could not give less of a shit. Yeah, it is. It's everywhere. Mm. It's everywhere, and I controversial. Couldn't care less. <laughs> um, um, but I did run into. Oh, now it's just taking it away. I did run into Harry Melling on the street, who plays Dudley in ah. the the fat. He's the fat the fat brother. 
stepbrother who's not who's not fat anymore that um who's not fat anymore mm. he's in queen's gambit and yeah mm-hmm. stuff queen's gambit is that what the thing's yeah called? now when you say run into him like literally he was going one way i'm going the other and <laughs> so you have to do the you passed him, you passed him. <laughs> I, pa- I passed him yeah i didn't actually run into him. I didn't, we didn't have a chat like uh, or anything like that but i i just i remember thinking it's very odd <laughs> like this is not the place you want to go if you're in Harry Potter, <laughs> like in the heart of, because once again, this is in the heart of Soho. Yeah. And like right outside a Harry Potter, a Harry Potter themed shop. Like this is not where you <laughs> want to go if you don't want to be recognized. And like this guy's just. Was he shopping for he's one? Begging, he's begging for trouble. <laughs> he was, well, he was, well, it was also funny enough because the funny thing about Soho I've discovered is one side very touristy, lots of musicals, all that sort of stuff. Lay Miz has been running, like it's the West End. Yeah. Mm. The other side of the street, the world's first porn store and <laughs> lots of S&M sex dungeons and where they freely advertise the sale of poppers. <laughs> it's, an amazing, it's an amazing melting pot. It's the King's Cross of London. Did you buy anything? Are you bringing anything back? Uh, I, I, I just officially for the record, I did not buy any poppers. <laughs> What he did buy was for if one anyone, use only. It's been used. Yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the cushions. But I, t- I tell you what, look, I was very disappointed. The whole reason I went down to Soho, funnily enough, was I wanted to go. One of my all time favorite movies is 84 Charing Cross Road, mm-hmm. which is, I like it, you know, it's a, it's a kind of, I, I hate to use this term, it's a, like it's a nothing drama. It's, no, no one but me is ever going to get excited about this movie <laughs> kind of thing. And you look at the IMDb, the IMDb reviews, and they're like, oh, "This is such a lovely, nice film." And it's all by people who wear cardigans for a living. It and sounds stuff like, like you're that. describing and, the end of every show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I try. But, Nobody cares but, about this movie. Sure except I me. probably have recommended. <laughs> I've uh, probably recommended this movie on the show before <laughs> uh, because uh, I, I only really like fifteen films. Uh, <laughs> But I, I went to there's a there's a giant foils bookshop uh, on Charing Cross Road. There's also there's also bookshops at 84 or thereabouts 84 56 Charing Cross Road. There, I could not find a copy of the book, which was very disappointing. Like foils have it at their other bookshop at, at oh. a couple of other locations, but not at the Charing Cross location. I'm like the one store well, where you would think this lives book up to would its name. Available. You were foiled. <laughs> I was foiled. <laughs> yeah, it's foils. Now it's time for foils war. <laughs> when I when I start abuse them online, going, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> I am a tourist, sir. I am a tourist. Okay, mate, we're very disappointed. We've got to keep the narrative running. Um, paper poo update. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet here is magnificent. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. It's been great. Uh, you don't have to pay to use toilets here in, in the UK. You can just go in to restaurants and uh, and stuff and use the toilets. It's fantastic. It's uh, The UK is a uh, is a revelation. There's a lot more people here. Uh, to, it, it, to hear you uh, poo than there is uh, in France, which is quite odd. But I will say this. The, the toilet paper that they've given me here, like I... I came, I brought a roll of toilet paper with me from home because uh, it's notorious, notorious in Airbnbs and uh, and stuff that they, yeah. they like to give you single ply. And I can't, 
I can't go back to single ply. Like, I'm not in fucking primary school. Your finger goes through it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's two snots. One each. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah. So so I I brought a roll. And then, of course, when we... In, in the Khan Airbnb, they literally had no toilet paper. So I, we used up my the roll I bought from home and then I went and bought some. And that was that was a triple ply. And I was like, this is great. So I took a roll of that with me when I came uh, to, to Paris, which I used there because their toilet paper was single ply. I got here, this one, it's like five ply. Like nothing is getting through that. Uh, how does that, that work? That is, it's industrial strength. <laughs> it's industrial strength. Like it's only good. You can only use it for the first. Like you can only use multiple sheets for the first couple of wipes. After that, you're down to one. Otherwise, it's like it's like bringing a cannon to a gunfight. It's, uh, Melzi, there is no way I'm going to segue to you after <laughs> that. Uh, so let's just throw to a bit of a, <laughs> a shit talk a bit over of a here. promo, and then I'll, I'll come back to you. <laughs> Stop the press. This is that part of the show where I talk about the Newsly app. I know you're probably sick of me talking about it, but there might be new people that have never heard of it, and this might be to their advantage. So indulge us for a second. Get the Newsly app. Go to newsly.me, download it. It is our preferred way for you to listen to us. It has every other podcast from around the world. Not that they matter. And the best thing about Newsly is it takes news from all around the world and puts it into the palm of your hand. News articles, the highest trend in from over 80 different countries, and then it reads it back to you in a natural human voice. It was designed for the people that are sight impaired and can't read. It also applies to people that are jogging, uh, riding, they might be driving and just haven't got time to read and uh, reads it all back to in a natural human voice, which is very, very handy. And even better than all that is the fact that we can get you a free upgrade to their premium service. All you gotta do is use our exclusive code monday without the o m n d a y go to newsly.me download upgrade bob's your uncle <laughs> hey this is jared welcome to pe class unusual recording this week given that i'm in an international airport where well, i'm not disclosing that kind of information but i'll tell you what's coming out on home entertainment this week and that is wolf creek ultimate edition two disc blu-ray from Viavision. it's housed in a 3d lenticular hardcover and it comes complete with a bunch of archival special features if you want in on this one you better hurry because Viavision are sold out via their website but jb hi-fi will be receiving some stock of this release other releases out this week from Madman, The Handmaiden. That's right, the 2016 film Handmaiden is coming out on Blu-ray. And another Korean feature is hitting Blu-ray and DVD Broker. New feature from the director of the Palm Dior winning Shoplifters. Anyway, that's it from me for this week. And I believe next week I may even be in the studio. That's if I'm back in Australia. Anyway, until next time, stay physical. I appreciate that. You know, Jared is on holiday as well and he, you know, he managed to. Everybody is making me very jealous I though. Know. I appreciate it, but I don't appreciate Yeah, that I'm, I'm fraying at all of my edges right now and there they are. I know. Oh, tell me about it. Oh, my God. So let's just ignore Ben for a minute and talk amongst ourselves. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk Melbourne Horror Film Society. Let's talk Newcomers it. may not know that's where you're from, so now they that do. That is where I'm from. Okay, so what's been going on? What's coming up? So... Uh, last week I had a screening of May, which I spoke about on the show last yep. year. And I, because it, it doesn't exist, well, it, 
It doesn't exist on blue here yet. Yep. <laughs> a, uh, a box set is being released, of course. It's coming up. But um, So I, I ordered in a blue from Germany and it was very nice and pretty much it was a full house and almost everyone, like almost nobody had seen it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And everybody absolutely loved it. Yeah. It went down a real treat. Yeah. It was awesome. really good. It was a really good screening. It's a fantastic film. Yeah. It's um it's very carry, like a modern carry. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. And, and they put Lucky McKee on the map. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah. Yeah. Cool. It was it was awesome. It was a really good screening. You did your little speech? I did. Excellent. I did. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was good. I'm just not <laughs> not talking myself up. But yeah, no, should have been there. <laughs> uh, no, it was really, really, really good. Um next we've got this coming Saturday night actually on June tenth. We are showing uh, Creepers at True North. It'll be the second of our Italian horror. That movie is fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're here. <laughs> it's just, so that's yeah. it's the shorter the be- cut of Dario Argento's of um, phenomena. No, so. no, no, no. <laughs> phenomena. <laughs> what, are you, what were you saying over there? I just, I was going to say, the beginning of that movie is the, one of the creepiest things you'll ever see. Yeah, the, yeah. If that's not a sales pitch, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a very young Jennifer Connolly doing things that a very young Jennifer Connolly shouldn't do or talk about. <laughs> Excellent. That's a great screen. Yeah, so that's this coming Saturday night, June 10th at True North in Coburg. And then we've had a lot of things going on behind the scenes at Melbourne Horror Film Society. Um, it's down to, so we do two screenings a month. Mm-hmm. So it's the second Saturday of the month and the last Tuesday of the month. Yep. The last Tuesday of the month is at Long Play in Fitzroy North and – we now only have two of us, two and a half, two to two and a half of us running it, and two screenings a month is a lot. Mm-hmm. So we're actually now going to be leaning on our community, which is amazing. And yeah, I've always yeah. liked the idea of doing guest screenings, yep. like guests having guests present films. But obviously, when we had four people running it, yep. there's only so many months in a year. So yeah. um, twelve. <laughs> Correct. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was all serious and now I've lost it. Um, And so, yeah, so uh, we've we've kind of opened the doors and um, asking some of our closest members to um, start doing some screening. So, in short, what I'm getting to is we're not sure what we're showing at Long Play, (laughs) but it will be on the 27th of June, the last Tuesday of the month, and it'll be fucking fantastic. Okay, so is I this, think it might be body bags. I was, I was going to say, is this going to be something people will know what they're getting into or is it a surprise? Lucky no, dip? no, no. We'll um, we'll be advertising you it. You should do some lucky dip ones. I just don't know well, what to get to. That's your great. Right. I was going to. Uh, yes, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait till uh, we get asked, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ask people that come along. So <laughs> you'll be waiting a while. <laughs> I, te- I tell you what, and this is if you had a bigger venue, I would be there. But <laughs> and well, more but that's fit, the chicken and the egg because uh, it's like you need people to come along. No, to he, he just get requ- a he requires two play at least. Bigger, 
I, I need I need uh, two seats. I overflow. Well, Ruben brought along um, to the May screening the other night. Ruben brought along his little um, his little couch. My four year old. I was about to say, let's my, place um, some context there. <laughs> he brought along his little couch and and laid down on that. And I, I ended up. He went to sleep halfway through the film, and then I ended up laying down with him. So you know, well, you can bring a little couch or something. EYO beanbag, mate. Yeah, I'll bring a couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So where can people find the society? Uh, you can find us on not all of the socials, <laughs> unlike Good Movie Monday, but most of them, um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then also melbournehorrorfilmsociety.org mm-hmm. is the Excellent. website. So go find it, people. Yeah. Um, become a member and go join them. And yes. You, I mean, Come and you, support us. Yeah. You can just... Go to one screening. Don't have yes. to go to a whole year's worth. Yeah. 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 Fun for it's all. It's very cheap. Like <laughs> our Saturday night screenings are effectively free. Yeah. It's ten dollars for a three screening pass and you get a free drink with it. Amazing. So, that you know, pays for, pays for yeah. itself. Yeah. Awesome. So this is the part of the show where we play Fantasy Filmathon. This is another one of those ideas we pinch from the up late podcast that I do on a Wednesday night with Chloe. We did this one a few weeks ago, Ben. I think we both enjoy the concept here and it's for the sake of conversation, pads the show nicely. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Which which one was this? Just to make sure that I've I've uh, done the correct. Thing. Well, so which okay, so hypothetically, we curate our own four feature movie marathons. Uh, okay, excellent. I have done the right thing. Excellent. <laughs> 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 so, Ben, pretending as if you were the head of programming at the Good Movie Monday Cinema House, um, what would be your first slate of films? <laughs> Well, look. I, I thought because I'm in uh, I'm in the UK, uh, I would do some. I would do a British horror uh, four four pack mm-hmm. for you. Uh, they, these aren't the most obscure films; they're just good films. Well, that's that, all we need. Uh, I think uh, everyone should see. So I, I think I kick things off with uh, with possibly the greatest of all the. Dracula movies, and that's Dracula AD nineteen seventy two. Yeah, <laughs> so, it is. It is one of the Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing uh, Dracula films, and it was set. It, it is set in nineteen seventy two, though it is kind of more of a sixties throwback. It's pretty weird, um, and it does does feature the. Uh, and I'm proud to be able to use this word uh, on the show: the boobalicious talents of uh, <laughs> Stephanie Beecham and Carolyn Monroe. And the greatest thing about this film, the greatest special effect they use, isn't the kills and stuff, which are impressive, but it's how they keep Stephanie Beecham contained in her <laughs> dress because <laughs> she's constantly threatening to pop out of it. She's a button. It is it, every time she breathes, it's just ridiculous. And she has the like I look I've I've had a thing for Stephanie Beecham ever since Sister Kate, if you remember that sitcom uh that starred Jason Priestley pre Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> and uh I but her haircut in this film is possibly the worst haircut I have ever seen in my entire life. It looks like she's wearing like a Davy Crockett's hat, but with like a mullet down the back. It is. Well, he had fucking, a tail. I don't down know the who back. told her that. He did have the tail down the back. She does. Yeah. She and she. It's just fucking. We just uh, jump on the internet and have a look at Stephanie Beecham. In so that's Dracula movie number AD one. 1972. <laughs> that's movie number one. Uh, the other one will be a bit quicker. I don't have as much to say about those. Uh, so I'd follow that up with uh, Psychomania which is uh, a motorcycle Satan movie 
like a, a bunch of a motorcycle gang decide to uh, uh, they figure out how to get eternal life by but the way you, the way you do it is you have to swear your soul to the to the devil at the moment that you kill yourself but you have to really believe that you'll come back if you don't really believe then you just die sounds like almost every other biker <laughs> movie from the 70s yeah it's it's great it's it's really good it's got a great uh got a great song uh in the film that, that this guy plays on a guitar and he just improved it i think um I'd follow that with the third film, which is usually the fall asleep film. So I decided to up the ante on the third <laughs> film, and I'm gonna I'm gonna drop in the Wicker Man because it's the greatest British horror film of all time. Yeah, it's a good and one. It's also the greatest you know, musical horror film of all time. Take that, Cannibal a musical. <laughs> did you ever see? Did you ever see the sequel? Uh, no, I've never seen the sequel no. or the remake. Yeah, the sequel. Why spoil? Why spoil a good thing? The Wicker Tree, I think it was called. Yeah. The Wicker Tree, yeah, it was, probably, it was directed by the same guy too, Robin Hardy yeah, yeah. and uh, and stuff. It's just, uh, I mean, look at the, <laughs> the thing that's so improbable about the about the Wicker Man is that Edward Woodward is a virgin. So I was, I was always, I was, I've always been really curious as to how they compensated for that in the Nicolas Cage version. Yeah, and I, I can't sequel. remember. I've seen it, but yeah, because because you know, because this is made in the seventies, and Edward, for all I know, Edward Woodward could have been in his twenties. But he looks like he's in his fifties. So how they how they pull that off, uh, I don't know. And then look, I finish it off. This one's a bit of a cheat, um, but I, I wrap things up with the entire nineteen eighty one Day of the Triffids miniseries. <laughs> a miniseries uh, because you've never fallen asleep <laughs> already. It's a miniseries. Yeah, I punish you if you come to a if you come to a. <laughs> to a to a Ben Helwig programmed uh, Good Movie Monday marathon, you're going to get punished. Bring your pillow and, uh, <laughs> and or your this, couch. This is going to be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good one, um, Melzi. Would you, you like to, to go next? Oh, so you still going, Ben? Did I cut you off? Oh no, no, I'm, I'm done. He's going to talk about each installment of the miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> each episode, man. That was... The first episode, Bill, uh... burn. <laughs> <laughs> There's six. There's six episodes, and I can do it too, Melzi. Don't don't kiss me. I can do it. That's all right. I'm still sitting here writing notes on mine. That, so go for it. People listening may hear this massive scribble <laughs> sound on the bloody <laughs> table and then the desk. That's because Melzi's been taking notes the whole time. <laughs> They're like, oh, she suddenly went quiet. Do you want to go next, or do you want me no, to? No, no, I can go next. Right. I can go next. Go all right. It. So, um, I have also got a theme for mine. Uh, now that we are in the month of winter, I have programmed a winter horror. Marathon, and I also I was speaking to Lavinia Nixon the other day and oh, telling hello. her that Pick I would up be that doing name this. Off the floor. And oh, oh, um, oh, while oh, I was no. producing her weather did you, yesterday, uh, did you mentioned that I I love her and am, and obsessed with her. <laughs> no, and he waits outside her building all no. the time. <laughs> <laughs> but she did ask me when the podcast would be out, and um, and she actually came up with. She was like, "Oh, you should do one on winter." Like, and she she actually um, she actually suggests. To, uh, if I can speak, suggested me programming um, uh, The Revenant. Mate, Ben, we have all kinds of celebrity oh. guests on this show week mm. after week after week and I don't think I've been more excited than I am right now. <laughs> so that was pretty impressive. No. I didn't go with it because I haven't actually seen it yet. Oh, sorry, Lavinia. <laughs> but, I totally, oh. but I totally acted like I had yeah. because I really, really need to see it. <laughs> ben and I love you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Okay, so for my winter horror marathon, we are starting off with the, fam- well, kind of family friendly. I mean, if you talk to my son, I mean, I think it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you took your son to me. That's family yeah, friendly yeah, to you. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's why I'm like, I'm not a very, I'm not a very good gauge on these things, but nah, this one totally is. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, right. So everyone, you know, it's, a, it's a friendly for everyone. Um, 1993, directed by Henry Selick. The, you know, like it wasn't directed by Tim Burton, as yep. many people think, even though it's Tim Burton's, but it was based on the story by him, obviously. One of um, our favourite books to read mm-hmm. before Reuben goes to bed, when he goes to bed, like 10 o'clock at night. Um, so, yeah, absolute <laughs> his, classic. Absolute. His bedtime is later than mine. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, my God, it's ridiculous. <sighs> anyway, um, <laughs> hence why I'm a bit um, delirious today. Um, and then, and then, so, and then the kids will go to sleep in their in their little um in their little couch at two in the morning <laughs> and we will move on to dead snow yeah that's a good one so it's a norwegian film um a group goes on a ski vacation and i mean nazi zombies that's yeah. that's what we're here for please tell me the next one's uh, dead snow too no it's ah. not no it's not but we might do a late we might do another uh, one later in the season maybe that dead no snow dead <laughs> wrong with me i am very tired uh dead snow too might get a look in for that one but no we are next going on to 30 days of night excellent this is a good marathon and this is what and this is what i was just like i was just scribbling down the notes just to have like something written here for me to and and it made me pause for a second and go fuck was that 2007 yeah 30 days like that feels like to me 2000 at the late, you know, just because you feel like it's back in that late mm-hmm. 90s because Josh Hartnett. <laughs> this is also called getting old when those things seem yes, like. Yes, you know. yes, totally. Yeah, because it feels like <laughs> 2000, it feels like it was like 20 and yeah. it's like, oh, it was yeah. nearly 20 years ago. A good uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Daniel, a.k.a. Hector Busnuts on uh, Instagram, put up a picture of uh, – <laughs> Fifth Element saying that this, you know, was released 26 years ago in Australia. Oh. <laughs> I, I wanted to fly back. I wanted to fly back to Australia and punch him in the face for <laughs> suggesting such a thing. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so an Alaskan town experiences darkness for an entire month each year. Cue fast, fast zombies for that one. And then we are going to finish off with an absolute classic with John Carpenter's The Thing. That's a fantastic marathon. Thank you. I was yeah. pretty happy with it too. Solid ending. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like late yeah. night. You've got your real stayers there in for the classic. Yeah, treat yeah. them. Treat them. Mm. Not a not a film to three th- to sleep through there. No, unfortunately no. for me. Bloody you have a few coffees. You, you certainly did not consider Benjamin. No, <laughs> no, bloody stay awake. Ben, you can sleep through all of mine if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about to live up to my reputation right now. I'll see if you can guess what this uh, theme is. So the first movie is Knock Off. The uh, not only a Jean-Claude Van Damme and, and Rob Schneider, but also a fantastic soundtrack by Sparks, and we all know I'm in the mood for them right now. So that's number one. Then I'm going to follow that up with Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. It's the um, it's the one Rob Schneider movie you can't ignore. Tell me you agree. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I, 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 I only disagree because I don't think you can ignore any Rob Schneider movie. <laughs> well, we're on the same page then. Even, even the animal. <laughs> My next one is Bench Warmers. Um, Completely underrated comedy. It's sort of, uh, if you've never heard what a beef stew is, uh, that movie is very educational. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And I'm going to finish it up with um, daddy-daughter trip because, um, yeah, well, my theme's obviously Rob Schneider and that's his latest <laughs> one and it's directed by him and it stars Adam Sandler's wife as his wife and it's um, haven't seen it yet and mm. that's just the perfect opportunity for yeah. me. <laughs> it looks terrible, but you know what? I mean, I'm down. I don't care. <laughs> No? And what nationality does he play in uh, in that one? Does he play? <laughs> he plays. He plays. Because you can never really tell with Rob Schneider. He plays himself, but I've never seen <laughs> him so caked in foundation as he is in the trailer for this one. <laughs> it is weird, and he looks awkward, and it does not look good. But I tell you what, I reckon there's going to be some nuggets of gold in there in them there hills. So Ben, let's circle back to you. What's your second one? We'll do two. Uh <laughs> Okay, look, this one is, uh, I think I wa- I did have another British foursome for you, but I think I'm going to skip that one and I'm just going to do weird musicals. Weird musicals, who okay. who doesn't love mm-hmm. a weird musical? That's right. You can send me the video of so that weird foursome gonna... later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start things off with uh, a bang. <laughs> with uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Oh, band, one of the worst musicals which... of all time. <laughs> It is. It's <laughs> fucking weird. It's great. But it's surreal. Peter Frampton playing the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. Or the, the Bee Gees are in there playing the Beatles. Yeah. It's and there's a villain in a in a in a bubble machine that like <laughs> Dick Dastardly that follows him around. And there's a hot air bubble. It's just fucking. It's the movie that makes you think you're on drugs when you watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You don't. Need, it provides the drugs for you. <laughs> uh, then I'll follow that up with with an absolute banger because I think the number two slot is where you really hit your oh, uh, your I high hope point. I know where you're going. So it's going to be Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, well, that's as good. That's that as good. You... No, it's not. I thought you were no, going to do the Apple. No. no. <laughs> oh well, uh, <laughs> you've just hold on to your horses. You just aced my. That was my. That was my closing. That was going to be my closing. <laughs> um, so then the the the, the fall asleep film. Which I'm going to make it really difficult for you to fall asleep because it is subtitled, is the 1967 French musical Anna, starring Anna Karenina and Serge Gainsbourg and Marianne Faithful. It's a super weird movie. She does do Roller Girl in it, so it's great. But it's basically it's basically about Serge Gainsbourg trying to track down a woman that he uh, saw in a photo, uh, so he could have sex with her, which is a very Serge Gainsbourg thing to do. Thing to do. I've course, never, I've never seen wrote, that one. He wrote. He wrote the musical. I think he directed it as well. It wouldn't wouldn't put it past him. And then I would finish things off with uh, the apple because Bim, I am. That's uh, <laughs> oh, mate, straight that's all to I'm the core with that one. that one. It's the the yeah. It's a it's the Golden and Globus canon musical that everyone needs to see. That's right. Uh, and I actually did. It's over in the corner. The the one the one full size. I've been while I've been over here in the in. In Europe, I've been buying a lot of uh, seven-inch forty-fives, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and the one, the one twelve-inch record that I bought is the Apple soundtrack that I found in Belgium, and it cost me something like 48, 48 euros, which translates to about eighty dollars. And I'm terrified about how I'm going to get home because I cannot fit it oh, into no. my carry-on bag. Under your arm, mate. Under your arm. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to carry it by itself. Just yes, it's the apple, and yes, I love it. <laughs> That's right, Melzy. Okay, she's I'm... just put together her list now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was already. It was already. I had it together. I had a list, but I just hadn't written anything down. <laughs> okay, so um, kind of going a bit 
the opposite way mm-hmm. this time. So starting off with the absolute classic. Oh, I've got to. Oh, should I? No, it'll be really obvious actually what it is. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of realizing after doing the first list, I'm like. Fuck, I'm really into zombie movies because <laughs> half of the last list was zombie films and now this one is an actual zombie marathon. Um, so starting off with the classic 1978 George Romero, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, okay. Yeah, Excellent. going Dawn. I was tossing up but, yeah, it's going with Dawn. That kind of, and that, kick things off. like Yeah, yeah. And, and you could fit that into my next theme, so ah, well done. There you go. If one has to go, that can step in. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then going to the international flavour for this one is Train to Busan. Ah. So South Korean 2016 film, zombie film on a, on a train. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> fast zombies again. So we go slow, fast. Fast again, we're going at Return of the Living Dead, Dan O'Bannon's Return of the Living Dead from 1985, which I just love. We had Tom Matthews on the show a yes. few weeks ago, Ben. Yes, I love Tom Matthews. That was, that was a, yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> I liked li- listening to that. I was during that whole interview. I kept being surprised when he was talking about uh, Friday the Thirteenth and stuff. Like, uh, uh, but what about? I thought everyone just knew you from Return of the Living Dead, isn't that? No. And that's what it was like. Do people call out to you on the street? Like, I could smell your brains from here. And he's like, Oh no, they do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, my oh, brain yeah, just okay. goes. I suppose, I, suppose, <laughs> I suppose you're in other some other films. I suppose, yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> and then capping off with. Movie four will be Night of the Comet. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. I haven't seen that in a long time. New yeah. wave. New wave zombies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to watch that um, in the coming week. Yeah, I haven't watched it minute. for a couple of years. <clears throat> All right, so my next theme is The Power of Twos. This is definitely living up to my reputation of loving number two mm-hmm, singles. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start off with... Number twos. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm different to the, the number twos that Ben loves. <laughs> Well, mine's four ply, so there's, you know, here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got Fortress 2, again, like completely underrated, almost like a forgotten gem as far as I'm concerned, Christopher Lambert. Are you a fan of number two, Ben? In t- in, I think it's Fortress in space. How can you not be? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll always be on the same page as me, Anything mate. in space. Is yeah. It's a love that's meant to last. Yeah. Um, then I've got Universal Soldier, The Return. <laughs> Which is um the story? It was the it was the Universal Soldier movie that was retconned later in the franchise and just whittled out of the series. So it was originally the official number two. Then they made number mm. three and four, which pushed number two out story wise. So now it's a standalone. So go figure. <laughs> I've actually, have I mentioned this on the show before? I think I, I think I may have, I may have mentioned it to you, Glenn, but I've never seen a single Universal Soldier you film. Would, uh, like not absolutely love this series, I reckon. The official one, not the made-for-TV sequels they wedged in the middle, but the official theatrical ones are fantastic. The ones with Chan- well, the, the, the one, the, the ones with Chandra West are the only ones I'm kind of excited about seeing. <laughs> I think in the first one you got like Michael Jai White is in there, I believe. But obviously you got Dolph Lundgren and, and Uncle Van Damme, and they're great. They're I didn't. Great. Oh, well, no, no, you. You you certainly know how to market a film to, to me. Like, <laughs> Funny like, enough, I was like, I knew about Van Damme and yeah, yeah. Long and I was like, eh. yeah, this is what we're talking part in two. this film. They don't they don't do it for me, but, uh, yeah. but Michael J. White, I mean, and the third and I fourth mean, movies, which are really really good for a part three and four, were directed by Peter Hyams' um, son. I think his name's John Hyams or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and Peter Hyams did the, oh, the cinematography though. Peter Hyams, Peter Hyams, yeah, Peter Hyams did the cinematography. So yeah, right. Go. And then I've got Escape from LA. Having dad on set. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I've got Escape from LA because once again, 
I don't understand the hate for it. I think yeah. it's a pretty decent movie and it is exactly what a Escape from New York sequel should be as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. And then Predator 2 because, once again, these are all underappreciated. Then Predator 2 is one of the great sequels East. of all time, I reckon. Voodoo magic, man. Voodoo magic. <laughs> and I do select my films just to set Ben up for yeah. a quote. <laughs> like handball across the globe. <laughs> When I'm standing next to you, there's a song to sing. I know everything's feeling right. When I'm standing next to you, steeple bells ring. Only good things do I see when you're next to me. When I hold your hand in mine, different world wakes a new morning breaks with the sun when i hold your hand in mine children's dreams take flight through a starlit night that's what i see when you're next to me this love for you i'm feeling has a power that is healing it can bend the darkest hour with glow When I taste your lips so sweet, I see beggars dying and the sands of time up and stop. When I taste your lips so sweet, black and white band, every dove lands at your feet when you're next to me. For you I'm feeling Has a power that is healing It can end the darkest hour With glorious light When I'm lying next to you I feel moonbeams burn I see rainbows turn into gold When I'm lying next to you I hear angels play, I see sweeter days, I see rivers wind through the end of time, I see hatred fall from the highest hill, I see God's good grace shining in. There we go. A nice, beautiful song. <laughs> when I'm standing next to you from A Mighty Wind, I watched A Mighty Wind um, last week and just felt really inspired to put a track from that in here. And, and the second I realised that it's uh, I legally can do that, <laughs> it, it passed in the test. It went. In it went. It kind of um, was a bit of a jarring song compared to the conversation we just had about you know <laughs> all these other, other movie marathons. But anyway, there you go. Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, beautiful stuff. I could've, that could have slotted into my weird musicals uh 
It's my weird musical section. Of course, I must say, though, yeah, of course, I must say that if you were living in Russia right now, then you would have heard three minutes of absolute silence because that's the one country it wasn't permitted ah. to. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I mean, it's So if much... you haven't already turned off, there's your explanation. I mean, that's just the sound of Russian television, isn't and it? If... It's just silence. And everyone knows they take copyright very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so I just want to quickly touch upon our guest. It's coming up, Matt Drummond. This is a guy that I've actually been really um, keen on his movies for quite a while. He made a movie called Dinosaur Island, as I mentioned before. And pretty impressive stuff. He makes these things independently, very little money, but the production value all things considered, are quite exceptional. And then My Pet Dinosaur was his second film and that was a Spielbergian type of classic with, you know, kids and government chasing them and, you know, aliens and that kind of stuff and very cool stuff. And so, yeah, he has been on my radar and he's got a brand new film out that did hit cinemas in Australia recently and it's coming out digitally. And I watched it and was completely blown away by how much his production value has improved since the last film. So, anyway, it's a very... Like I said, it's a very throwbacky kind of 80s adventure, very similar to Return to Was and, and Never Ending Story and those type of things. But I'm going to let him tell you all about it right now. All right, well, Matt, it's fantastic to be chatting with you. I'm a, a bit of a fan. Um, thanks for joining me, mate. My absolute pleasure. Um, I've got Dinosaur Island and My Pet Dinosaur on Blu-ray. Um, like I said, I'm actually yeah, quite a fan of what you do and the kind of movies that you make. Um, and Secret Kingdom did not disappoint, so congratulations on the film. Well, thank you very much. That's a that's a hell of a start to an interview. I'm already happy. <laughs> Buddy you up. Buddy you up, mate. <laughs> but I'm sincere. I'm sincere at the same time. You've clearly got an infinity for childhood adventure and all that kind of stuff. Um, what draws you to the genre? I think it's a number of things, actually. For me, I'm a big kid at heart, I think. Uh, 30 years of visual effects experience also means that I have, I've played in the realm of imagination for a very long time and I've probably never grown up. Oh, that's a good enough reason, I reckon. Um, and you, I, I'm guessing we're around, around about the same age, so you would have grown up on all of the Amblin films, you know, like I did. Oh, and, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and like these type of stories, that particularly the one that you tell in Secret Kingdom, are usually based on classic books or some kind of literature. This one is an original story. Um, there are a whole lot of influences in there, no doubt. You'll you know you'll concede that. Where did this story come from? What inspired you to tell it? Well, funny enough, this one's a bit of a personal story. It's um, anxiety was something that I was. Um, afflicted with and wanted to explore a little bit more um and so to some extent uh this film was quite cathartic in that respect yeah Uh, that's definitely one of like i was going to ask you next about the the themes of anxiety and um and and just in friendship in general it's it's an important one too like you know i hope that a lot of kids that watch this film really feel like they're not alone when they do see the the story that you put in front of them the major thing is that Fear comes in all shapes and sizes, and um, I wanted to put that on screen. I wanted to also explore some of the things that I used to do as a kid and even caught myself doing as an adult as well. And funny enough, I thought I was alone in this, but those counting games, you know, those little ways of trying to gain control over situations that are uncontrollable or, you know, just little ways to manifest control in your world. Um, when you're worried about something that's bigger and, you know, slightly scarier than than you are. 
And I hadn't seen that on film before. In fact, I, I wasn't even aware that other people did those kind of things. But I found out through talking to people, friends and family that it was quite widespread. And yet it is the first time I've seen that put on film. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and obviously, the realm of imagination is where, you know, if you talk about dreamscapes, that's where, you know, we, depending on what the latest scientific data is on dreaming, and I'm not sure we have all the answers there, uh -huh. but I've heard that it's a way for us to, or our brain to actually start to defragment, piece together things, explore stuff uh, in a, in a, less structured fashion so that we mm -hmm. can come to terms with things and i suppose that is the landscape of the below here it's the landscape of the mind so in this film that that really is the the world that we enter yeah right where did the seed of, of secret kingdom come from though like you know um you know you didn't have classic literature to tap into this came from mm. your mind and where did it start from i mean you you do tell a very um, specific kind of story with all three of your movies, like they're, they're very, very particular. Where did this one come from? Uh, this one came, I actually was, I was obviously reading things and watching things and, and I was, I was actually trying to consciously stay away from from any particular influence. Now that's obviously impossible for me because those, <laughs> those classic films are just so ingrained in my cellular structures that they yeah. just come out naturally. So, yeah. but in terms of influences for this, um, I was trying to be very quiet and the image of the girl and the boy on the bed being whisked through tunnels uh, on the backs of tiny little creatures just popped into my head and I went, wow, okay, that's something we've never seen before. And yeah. that's that's also, that's one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from a uh, producer I worked with. He said, whatever you do, show the audience something they've never seen before. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, that's fantastic. Now I'm just going to work out what those creatures are. <laughs> yeah. And I started going, I started looking on the internet for you know, weird and wonderful animals. I came across an armadillo and it was just a three second gif, but it was there and then it wasn't. It was just a ball in an instant. I thought, wow, that's fantastic. That's pretty good. But I, something about the, the creature itself didn't really resonate with me. And I came across this uh, funny little YouTube clip of a penguin that was a rescue in Africa called Honey Boo Boo. And this little Penguin was living with this woman and just getting up to all sorts of mischief. It just had personality. <laughs> yeah. It was climbing into the washing basket, was getting into the fridge. It was just causing havoc in the in the household. And I, I thought, okay, there's something here. And and then when I looked at what the creature was itself, you know, the soft underbelly uh, coated in the hardened scales in itself was a metaphor for the kind of things I wanted to explore. Totally. And they're fantastic characters too. And anybody that, you know, is keen enough to dig a little bit deeper, um, you'll they'll see that these characters all have biographies. You've, you've written up little biographies for them on your website. Um, I did. Like, where did. Where did all that come from? How do you conjure up a, a, a backstory for these creatures? Um, go to sleep, is... have a dream, wake up, write it down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, it's funny because you're always seeing cast bios, but... <laughs> to some extent, 
kids aren't interested in cast bios, but <laughs> they are interested in character bios. And I thought, well, if these characters are actually thespians in the real world, let's talk about how they got into the industry and <laughs> be as absurd as possible, you know? Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's sort of it was a little almost like an Easter egg for me to to trip upon that, and I just loved it. How hard is it to to get a movie like this just off the ground in general? You kind of you work outside of the Hollywood system, very independently yeah. made. Um, does that take a toll on you? Like how how hard is it to get, to get the films? Uh, well, this film up and going was not difficult because I've got super fans like you from my previous <laughs> films. Yeah. Well, so good. you know those. Those films have done really, really well, and I've been fortunate enough that we can self-fund these productions. And because I do have a visual effects company that is, uh, you know, we're, we're able to make this kind of thing come to life. However, that being said, um, I did some calculations the other day. And um, if I took an eight-hour day that most people work and, you know, got rid of and basically took two all the hours that I'd worked um, in two and a half years. I worked six point eight years, so it was a very, it was a very <laughs> grueling process. You know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I worked sixteen hours a day, seven days a week. Um, when you actually add up six point eight years, that's significant. Hmm. And um, my wife will tell you that that's actually the case because I was an absentee husband for a lot of that time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, tending to your other children. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, look, she's a producer on the film as well, and we like to say it's our third child together. So, you know. yeah, yeah, love that. Uh, <laughs> another thing I love about your movies, the last two of them, um, is Beth Champion. Um, you know, oh, yeah. man, and she's and her husband is in the last two films as well. Roland, did she, did she capture your attention back in the nineties the way she captured mine? Oh, look, I I, I couldn't say that because. Um, Rolly's a good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> secrets, mate. Secrets. What a movie that was uh, back in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, look, I've known Beth for a very long time. In fact, Beth helped me cast my pet dinosaur as well. Oh, excellent. So, I mean, we've been good friends. Uh, uh, Beth and Rolly live in the Blue Mountains where mm. I was living. And, yeah, they've become great, great, great mates. And so, obviously with my pet dinosaur yeah that was the first time i'd worked with them and yeah you know it was amazing fun fantastic fun particularly working with rolly because he's he's an absolute character he really is an absolute <laughs> cracker and, yeah he's uh, got such a presence on screen too oh look off off screen he's got a presence the guy has more <laughs> char charisma in his left pinky than i'll ever have you know he's a fantastic <laughs> dude he really is and um, in fact, I had breakfast with him this morning and, you know, just everything's possible and larger than life. And I just love it. Yeah, you know, it's really inspiring. Um, but what was really funny with this one, I, I literally, as I was coming up with the character of Ego and Ergo, I was, I had them in mind, you know. Yeah. It, the um, cause, Because Rolly is so, he's, he's large, you know, he'll, he'll take up space, you know, he's got hand movements that are large and you know the dynamic between him and beth i was just like oh that, that's it and what's really funny is that they did the root chords together obviously yeah um, and did the face capture at the same time but 
um, they've got a little home studio for doing voiceovers because Beth's, you know, she's the voice of Foxtel and this ad and that ad. and Yeah, yeah. Um, but what was really funny was when Joe, my editor, and I got the rushes into the <laughs> into the suite. The studio just laughing our butts off. <laughs> even when they, when they started bickering, it was still in character. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and just for the benefit of people listening that haven't seen the film yet, they play like a two-headed turtle. So that's, you know, hilarious exactly. in and of itself. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, something I found very interesting is um, Beth was in a movie back a couple of years ago called The Legend of the Five, which I'm sure you know about. That was directed by mm -hmm. Joanne Samuel, who was yep. in My Pet Dinosaur. And yes, she was. Yeah, she's a good friend too. That whole movie had a very Matt Drummond feel to it. Did you have any kind of input in that no, one no i didn't no I, no I think you've inspired though i think you've inspired because it's a very Matt well, it's a, it's, film well i know you know i know i know the filmmakers so yeah and i mean look we we were very encouraging of them going forth and conquering you know that's definitely uh something that you try to do in your local community yeah yeah totally and for, for people listening that are not so much into children's films like i am joanne was mad max's wife in the original mad max like yeah there's, there's some cinematic pedigree right there um mm. look I'll, I'll wrap things up in a moment but i just wanted to thank you for taking the time this is a movie i do hope people see it's it's had a theatrical release i don't know if it's still theatrical at the moment you can probably answer that i mean it is in small uh in, in small uh limited release at the moment yep. the reason for that is because our big release is in the u.s on june 9th Right, and yep. the US dictated all of our times, so <laughs> yeah, we were hoping to be out in January school holidays, you know, this year. Yeah, and yep. um, but when Saban and Paramount tell you that you can't release before they can, um, uh, except for six weeks, before <laughs> yes, then you just say, <laughs> well, you're sticking a mountain in front of my film in the US, I, and you're going to cinemas, I. Yeah, I was untold, you know. <laughs> well, hey, we do have an audience in America, particularly in Kentucky. We have a segment on our show from Kentucky, so you know, there's people listening that might want to track it down. I definitely recommend that they do. Um, you get bang for buck out of your movies, mate, and I really, really enjoy them. And I hope to get my hand on a physical release of this. I know it's going digital, but maybe one day. Um, but no, thank you, thank you so much for being part of this. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, if there is a digital, uh, a physical copy i'll make sure you're one of the first to get one <laughs> thanks mate signed <laughs> done welcome to bonehead weekly fun size and this week we're talking about something that i couldn't care less about the circus we're talking about circus movies gentlemen i don't like the circus either i've only ever been to one half-assed circus didn't enjoy it as a child and it was in hyden kentucky which means you got a half-assed circus in hyden which is even more half-assed i went to barnum and bailey and was bored oh really i never had yeah. anything that fancy so i don't know if our i don't know if our friends in australia you know would uh, if they're familiar with Barnum and Bailey, but well, they're just now getting it. <laughs> so the devil's carnival is what I'm going to pick. Chad, did you pick that one for me? Not, uh, no, 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 you didn't. But I like Darren Lou, uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman. I'm actually I had the chance to interview him at Scarefest a few years ago. He's a nice enough guy. He directed the Saw sequels two, three, four, and I think two, three, and four, maybe five. I can't remember. Spiral, spot. Oh God, that one's that's a hard to do. Anyway, <laughs> um. And he did repo the genetic opera, which I, I prefer far over this one. 
but this one has some good musical numbers and it's like that it came out in 2012 and it's kind of multiple stories kind of around the circus and it's the second collaboration of bozeman and the the actor terrence zudnik because uh, repo the genetic Air opera was also an underground kind of show that they turned into a movie all right and it's just a musical film and it has some of the same people in it that are in the other one bill mosley nevek ogre and it's kind of an aesop's fable kind of folklore thing it's fun if you have the tubies watch it on the tubie it's free uh i absolutely love big fish it is it is another one of those movies that i absolutely have a, a strong heart to Full disclosure, it's the uh, it's also the only movie that I've seen in the theater where I cried like a baby. I was with Joe. He had to console me. We won't go into that because I will start crying again. That's how big of an impact it had on Are me. Are you going to cry because of the way I was consoling you? No. <laughs> because we promised not to talk about that. We, we, we should, and we will continue not because I'll probably get emotional again. No, uh, but yeah, it's about a Listen, man who You knew what you wanted and you knew what this was about. <laughs> It's about a man who tells these really big stories about in his life. And one of the st stories he tells is about him working at the circus. If you haven't seen it, I imagine most of our listeners have seen it. But if you haven't, uh, go see a movie where it's not it's Tim Burton not being Tim Burton. Agreed. And and if 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 Tim Burton would make more movies like this, I think he would be a, he's already an iconic director, but I think he would be on the level of, of Spielberg if he did. Um, but Big Fish is is an amazing film. Here's a film that actually I saw when it was in theaters, but I've got to introduce to my children. And and my son discovered it because of the book series. But speaking of something I would like to see Tim Burton do, not a huge hit, but Cirque de Freak, The Vampire's Assistant. I don't really? I, you know what? My, I just uh, my son, John What's-His-Face is so miscast in that movie. You know what? I like him, though, because I think there's something to him. He's a very tired vampire. I'm not going to judge you because I haven't seen this. It's just there was like three movies I thought you would pick, and this is not one of them. No, well, I almost said uh, Cirque du Soleil World's Away because actually I watched it with my family recently too. But no, I really like this concept that where could you hide out if you were like Cirque du Freak is all about a, a circus of freaks, uh, not to be confused with freaks. One of them is a vampire. There's all these different characters, but because they travel, they can hide out, right? And mm -hmm. then he ends up, this kid ends up basically becoming the vampire's assistant. He gets some powers, but then he, uh, his friend actually ends up becoming his rival, sort of like Spider-Man and, and uh, Green Goblin. Uh, but it's it's very much a fun thing. And my son read the books and then watched the movie. So he he really liked the books. So, uh, and I need to go back and read the books. But I, I don't think it's one that's talked about a lot. And so if we're talking about circus films, and quite frankly, I just like John C. Riley. So maybe that's why I give it give it a lot of credit. But I think he plays a vampire that's very world weary, tired, and not the classic. I don't know, sexy vampire. No offense, Mister Mr. C. Riley. Uh, but he's not a sexy no. vampire. He's not. Anyway, he's just tired. He's All just right. tired, and he he needs help. There you go. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Three clowns talking about circus movies. Never a boring moment on the Bonehead Weekly podcast. They are Joe Lewis, Chad Jennings, and James Thomas, and good stuff. Um, now we get to that point of the show where we recommend things. I like uh, recommending things. I Once again, I say this every week, I wonder how many people actually bother to watch what we recommend. But, so uh, it's things? Just anything? Can we just recommend anything? <laughs> <laughs> I recommend Bilson's. It's a delicious drop. Very delicious. Very, very delicious. First thing Monday morning, gonna, get one in here. grab some of that.
I'm going to go and grab some of that toilet paper so you can see how magnificent it is. And that's going to be my recommendation. <laughs> import, this, import this stuff for yourself. It's Last, like, it's, it's Chernobyl strength. <laughs> Last week on the show, I interviewed uh, Weird Paul and he said the first thing he ever documented on camera was somebody's turd. So you oh. should see how impressive that was. <laughs> Just tying it in there, Ben. He Just tying it in. He would, he would love our show. If he ever listened to it, oh, he's, he would he, love. It. He's listened. He listened to his episode anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe we've got a new fan. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if it follows over. So <laughs> let's talk about some movies we think are worth considering, um, finding, tracking down, rewatching, watching, whatever you want to do. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to keep the the Matt Drummond sort of motive going here, family adventure, that kind of thing. One movie that I think is one of the great. Contemporary or modern family adventures is called The Last Mimsy. I don't know if I've re- recommended it on the show. I've definitely talked about it before. It's directed by Rob Shea, you know, the Rob Shea, the CEO of New Line Cinema, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. the other guy responsible for Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And this is a complete family adventure and it's exceptional stuff. It's very sci-fi infused and it's about a brother and sister who discover a stuffed rabbit and that rabbit happens to be from the future and it conceals a device. And this device just naturally gives these kids abilities like super strength, telekinesis, all that kind of stuff. And naturally also the government are after them because, you know, they're tracking this thing, but the kids have it. They're not going to tell the adults they've got it, but, you know, the military after them anyway. And what it turns out to be is that the scientists from the future had, and this is no spoiler because it's part of the story, Mm. but the scientists from the future had sent all kinds of devices hidden in toys to the past because they need the DNA of an uncorrupted human to save mankind in the future. And so they're hoping kids will find these devices that were able to get their DNA and then have it sent back into the future. So it's a very cool concept. And, you know, I don't know science from a bar of soap, but that science in the movie makes sense when it's in the narrative. Like it just all comes together. <laughs> Shut up, Ben. <laughs> laughing at me. It's- <laughs> it makes it makes about as much sense as uh, that Star Trek movie where they come back for the whales. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like when you watch some movies and there's a pseudoscience there that just makes sense the way they tell it, that's what this kind of movie is. It stars Rain Wilson, it's got Catherine Hahn, Tim Hutton, Jolly Richardson and Michael Clark Duncan. It's very cool. It's on Apple. No, yeah, it's on Apple TV and Stan. So if you want a really, really smart kids adventure that's sci-fi and you don't have to be a kid, then check that one out. The Last Mimsy. I'm going to let Ben go next. All right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm, it's I not wish, six it's trivia not question time. I wish people could see the video component of what of what this is all about. The, the excitement on his face. <laughs> He's like rubbing his hands together as he gets towards I, the microphone. That's the look he had when he went past that rider oh, from yeah, the no. Soho movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he wonders why she didn't turn up the next two days to why the office. She, <laughs> I don't know why she, why didn't she want to stop and talk? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you had me a why. She, re- she reacted the same way that the young girls on the subway react when I'm on the same carriage. Rubbing your hands together. <laughs> <laughs> Licking those lips. Just fucking recommend something. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's the tongue that does it for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish people uh, could see that. Uh, so this this week is part does of Does it for me too. Oh my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mum and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Lavinia, hello. Yeah. 
<laughs> Learn something about your co-workers every day. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. Um, I I stopped by the BFI uh, while, while I've been here in London uh, to check out uh, some films, and I was very excited to do so. But I was more excited to go to their shop, uh, which is fantastic. It has all the BFI releases, and they do some fantastic stuff. But I was super excited to see that they've actually released volumes three and four of the Children's Film Foundation bumper bo- bumper boxes. These are like these super nostalgic um, kind of collections. There's nine films on three DVDs. So the compression has got to be horrifying. <laughs> uh, but not all of the not all of the movies go for like an hour and a half. Like they were these things like in the in the in the it's the 60s, I think it started in the 60s, 60s, 70s and 80s, you would just basically you would pack your kids off to the cinema on a Saturday Saturday mm. morning and you just leave them there for three hours and they would play these yep. films that the BBC had kind of put together. It's a bit like the Canadian Tales, of they, all, like, Tales for All that I was talking to Matt Drummond about. Yeah. Um, I, I totally <laughs> listened to that interview, Glenn, and I agree <laughs> with everything you said. Go with uh, it. Go with it. Uh, but they always... That's what Ben they, says they to the girls on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Just go, just go with it, love. The train is a moving. <laughs> It'll all be over soon. Two stops. And, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, uh, never mind. <laughs> I've got so many things all... to say. I don't want to say them. <laughs> <laughs> but they all, they all feature um, people who would become huge. Jenny Argeta stars in a couple. Uh, George in this in this uh, volume three, I think George Cole turns up. Um, Michael Crawford from Some Mothers Do Have Him as a oh, kid kind of turns up. Betsy, uh, I prefer to think of him as 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 uh, Michael Crawford from uh, Condor Man, but oh, uh, I not... think I'm the only person. Uh... No, no, Condor Man's fair, but can't go past Frank Spencer. <laughs> Frank Spencer, yeah, I can I can very easily go past Frank Spencer. It's true. <laughs> like even as a kid, that show used to just drive me insane. Be like, why isn't why hasn't Betty kicked him in the nuts like a thousand times, <laughs> like to the point of incapacitation where he just sits in a corner drooling? Comedy gold, mate. His comedy gold. Been crushed. I just, I don't like that. I can't stand that kind of comedy. But um, <laughs> my dad used to love it. He would force us to watch it. He, he th- thought it was hilarious, and I was like, oh. he was more of a Ben was more of a Benny Hill, you know, bouncing boobs <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he chasing them, Dad? Why don't they just stop? <laughs> Uh, that's why I like Frasier so much. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, uh, these things are definitely worth well worth uh, picking up. <laughs> these children bumper boxes. All of the, the movies are actually really good. Like there, there's 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 horror films, there's sci-fi films, there's there's dramas, there's you know holiday films. They all you know star and feature kids, but they're also very kind. Of, they can be adult, quite adult stories. Um, and you can you can buy the these box sets, I believe, on. On Amazon, uh, at least the first two. I didn't know that the three and four were out, so I was very happy to. This is the most up. practical recommendation you've ever collections. given us, mate. You've actually, you know, got it in hand, and you know, <laughs> it's of use to you. Yeah, I've got it here. It's. Can you tell that I came up with the recommendation five minutes before we started recording, <laughs> and I just looked at what did I have around, <laughs> in, my around room, in my room because that's what well, I was doing. It's either the four ply toilet no. paper or it's these <laughs> box sets. <laughs> Yeah. And you'd I'm already talked about guys. the toilet paper, so you better go the box set. I happened to, I happened to pick up that book, uh, Day of the Triffids. That's why it made it onto my list uh, before. I've got a pile of uh, of uh, Blu-rays in the corner that I've 
blown. And you're worried about bringing a vinyl back. A day. <laughs> yeah, because well, these are these are hardy. These aren't gonna these aren't gonna snap in half. You have to ship them back. Bag, Why like don't you post vinyl the vinyl back? Yeah, I could do that. I, yeah, I've got. To, I actually the one thing I have not found while I've been here is a post office. I, I haven't seen one. I have to. I have, to have a look around. Hmm. <laughs> Governor. Poor oh, blimey. <laughs> There we go. Over to you, someone that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, Melzy. Bring us home. So I'm just going to toot my own horn for a moment because I managed to – I have actually watched more than one movie. (laughs) So I went to – and I've actually been to the cinemas, so I'm pretty happy with myself. So I do just want to give a little shout-out to Infinity Pool. Ah. I – Fucking loved it. Yeah, it's Absolutely great. I really did too. Loved it. Yeah. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just giving the shout out. Um, Evil Dead Rise. <clears throat> I went by myself last Wednesday night, and um, and so I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna bloody miss this if I don't bloody get there. So I went along on the Wednesday night and thought I'd be in there by myself, but there are there were actually six other people in the cinema, and um, and yeah, I was a little bit worried at the start. I was like. Oh, because the, the mum and like yeah, yeah. single mum and kids. Melzi struggles with uh, concepts of children and yeah, mothers in ma- films yeah. where things happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I knew that it didn't hold any punches. So I knew that, you know, shit was going to get wild. And I was like, oh, fuck, hopefully, especially so I was there by myself. I'm like, oh, hopefully I'm not really fucked up by this. <laughs> like, you know, I'm pretty tired <laughs> and Wednesday night. I'm just like, oh, no. And it didn't at all. Like yeah. it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, that whatever. But it was still emotive, but it wasn't like, it wasn't devastating, yeah, which yeah. I was a little bit worried that it might be. But it was, oh, it was so awesome. It was cool. fantastic. You, you didn't have a... <laughs> You didn't have a Guardians of the Galaxy esque breakdown. Oh god! Full, full blown breakdown in the cinema. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't have my yeah. God, multiple well, times Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't want to you know toot my own trumpet, but you've just spoken about two movies that we've had guests on the show. Yeah, from. yeah, so yeah, there yeah we go. absolutely. You're a, you're a promo machine. <laughs> now, where's the Guardians of the Galaxy oh, guests? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have James Gunn. We yeah. wouldn't talk about that though. I can no. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and actually, but yes, thank you for reminding me, Ben. I actually did go and see Guardians of the Galaxy three as well, and um, yes, I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's as, it's it's not as good as the others mm-hmm. to me, but I but that's that's not saying anything. That's certainly not saying it's shit because I love one, the others. One, three, and two would be my order. Mine's um, I I I. I Debate whether, yeah, yeah fluctuate between yeah. one and two. Like I actually, the, on my last rewatch, which was a, a few weeks ago, and I did end up posting some pretty funny stories of me in an absolute state. Oh, my God. Like it was embarrassing. <laughs> I just I just recorded the first one. Oh, I recorded the first one after watching the fucking holiday special. That's how <laughs> ridiculous it was. And I wasn't even, I'd seen it before, but I wasn't even actually really watching it. I was working from home and Ruben had it on the TV and I came over just to like watch the end of it. And I, I just watched the end of it and I was, and so I sent that <laughs> video message to my girlfriend who we were going to see volume three with on the weekend just saying like how ridiculous how am I gonna I'm like oh if you don't want to go with me on Saturday after seeing this like I was like snotting everyone I was like <laughs> only person and, in the world and, that does this mind you and then and then I've like just, I've I sent just, it to her and I'm it? like actually that I might put that up on Instagram that's pretty fucking funny <laughs> and so then I then I did an update that, that d- night when I watched part two that was just as bad and then so of course then I had to do one from this in the cinema um as the trailer as the um end credits were rolling um <laughs> just what about the poor 
the poor kids and stuff that are in the cinema with you watching that movie. And just <laughs> oh, yeah, they were the leaving because and it's luckily like, my girlfriend was actually down. pretty bad behind me as well. We were just – we kind of like looked around each other and we were just like <laughs> – because all these kids are like leaving and they're, they're looking at me in particular going, <laughs> oh, God, is this is this woman okay? Like is this – and I um, – yeah, no, I was like sitting it, there. And, and I wasn't too bad until they started – Oh, I don't know if I should give this away, but just in the end credits, they start showing stuff from yeah. their other appearances. And so and there was one moment where I've said to my girlfriend, <laughs> I've just gone, because I, I felt felt like I was, wasn't too bad. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really, really, I thought, oh my God, I might have to be carried out of here. But um, I, I didn't get to that state. And, um, but then I was just sitting there and I, and I just had this like wave of, oh, God, this is the last time that we're going to see them. And then that started me. Like, I just, like, Far started out. bawling over that. And, oh, I'm just like, God, I'm an embarrassment. And now Ruben starts saying to me, he's like, oh, oh, mummy, you all, you always cry. Like, oh, no, that's right. He goes, <laughs> he said, he said, oh, no, oh, no, here she goes again, <laughs> crying. I can, I can fade her down, Ben. <laughs> I can. Oh. We're not even <laughs> up to my bloody recommendation. <laughs> I can, uh, I, I, uh, on the train, on the train to Belgium the other day, the guy across the aisle from me had an epileptic fit and, uh, the, the guy, the guy sitting next to him literally climbed over him to get away from him. And, and the surrounding people were like, like it is, if you've never seen anyone having it, yeah. uh, having it, it's, a, a, it's full a, on a fit. It's, it's quite alarming. Mm. Yeah. And uh, it's it's terrifying. It looks like he's been possessed by an alien. He's about to slaughter everyone in the train, and the people like the you know, rows around him just <laughs> vanished. Yeah, like, n- none of them helping him. Yeah, and I can Im- that's what it would be like if you're in the cinema with Melzi. Totally. Well, she's going to now like, recommend something to cheer herself up. Sophie's choice. Well, actually, before I, yeah, <laughs> before I go to that, th- that just reminded me of um, <laughs> when I was when I was a flight attendant. I was doing like a long flight, you know, as long as probably in Australia, probably to Perth or something, and the call bell's gone off and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'll go get it. So I've walked up from the back and I've gotten gotten up to where it's gone off and I'm like, oh, (laughs) I'm like, oh, fuck. This woman, she looked like she was dead. Like I'm just (laughs) like. Oh fuck! Why did I get the fucking call bell? I'm like, oh no! And then I'm like calling for everyone else. She was, um, she had a stroke, like she had a stroke, mm. and so thank God started like moving and stuff, and we had to land the plane. But I just remember that thought of just like, oh fuck! Why did I get this call bell? For? Hostess of the year there. It's <laughs> like, oh no! It was so. It was. It was so. Can you just stop stroking? <laughs> Yeah. That's what I said to her husband. The inconsideration of people. Like, fuck off. Well, that's what I should have said to Ben sitting on the other side of the yeah, plane. Yeah. Stop stroking, mate. <laughs> Licking his lips over there. Clarence Carter. Clarence Carter wrote a song about me. I'm just going to put that out there. Do a Google search. You'll find out what I'm talking about. Okay. So my recommendation I derailed the end of this episode, <laughs> didn't I? The mist. You, you're welcome. <laughs> so my actual and, recommendation. And yet I'm the one who gets all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so my my actual recommendation is um oh which <laughs> sorry which I just realised you guys already know because I blocked you I blocked you when I put up the story about it last night I blocked you on um on Instagram from seeing it and I've just noticed that when it gets shared over to Facebook. You guys see it. So I, I, I thought I, I was I being sneaky. That, I wasn't that perceptive though. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I was just like, I just noticed it just before and I'm like, oh, damn it. I'll have to block you on Facebook too. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> clearly you really care. Um, <laughs> so anyway, last night I finally watched 2019's Ready or Not. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah I did see, see that. I told you. I yeah. told you. I, I, yeah, I, I never string it together. Yeah, but it's yeah. For the that show. it's going to be for the show. but. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. So, um, by the Radio Silence guys who have more recently gone on to make the um, most recent two Scream films, and I'm guessing a th- uh, another one, I'm sure, will be on the cards soon. Um, Samara Weaving plays Grace, who's marrying into a new like husband's family. They're like one percenters, like absolutely ridiculously rich. Um, and she goes on to find out that at midnight on the wedding night, the eccentric family have a time-honoured tradition of playing a game where the new in-law has to pull a card from the deck and whatever game is listed, they have to play. Yep. She pulls out a card, ready or not, mm-hmm. and she's like, what? We just play, you know, hide and – oh, no, sorry. Hide and seek. Yeah. Hide and seek. Um, <clears throat> but ready or not, here I come. So Yes, ready or yeah. not, here I come. Um, yeah, so hide and seek. She's like, what? So what? Like I actually go and hide. Like who's going to hide? And they're like you. <laughs> and so she goes and hides and they're getting all their weapons ready. And, uh, <laughs> yes, she is the prey. It's a fantastic and movie. it's so good. And we can't. So good. We cannot spoil the movie, but where it concludes is amazing. Yes, it is really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is incredible. Monster Fist, Monster Fist premiere. Ah, Monster there we Fist go. That, that's the sound of Ben tooting his trumpet. Yes. There was a <laughs> um, it, she's incredible in it. Oh, my God. Amazing. And her dress, which has significance, apparently there were 17 versions of it made to show, like, what she was going through. Different stages. That time. Yeah. Yep, yep. And it's, oh, my God, I love that dress so much. Um, and Adam Brody is in it. Yep. I love. And his comic timing, like, it's always spot on. But he ends up being a character that you don't expect him to be with, his, you know, yeah. with his usual just, um, horror. You don't get a lot forays. of him these days. No. Yeah, so it's good when you yeah. see him something like this. Yeah, he's really – I mean, everybody in it is really good. Yep. It's really yep. funny. Yeah. Um, but really funny, but really gory and um, yeah. tense. And it's funny how it came really out around great. the same time as Knives Out. These two big yes. ma- mansion movies with yeah, the yeah, mystery yeah. and all that. Yeah. Oh, and the cinematography in it as well. Like yeah. I read today that it was made on like six million dollars, and that is ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, like the it's, high, that's the, the price of the castle. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like it's it looks beautiful. Yeah. 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 yeah, totally. And the set pieces, like, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Time to scoot. Big thank you to everybody. Ben, um, thanks for beaming in again, mate. It's, um, you know, you're not going to be here for the next two My weeks, pleasure. so I'm going to miss you dearly. That's right. I'll be, I'll be driving around the south of England, uh, doing south of England things. <laughs> so we're going to have to wait for that toilet uh-huh. report. Mm. Yeah, we're going to have, like, it's going to be yeah, backed up in three weeks. <laughs> backed up. <laughs> I've, 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 I've already, uh, 
<laughs> I've already made plans to to ask for more toilet paper uh, so I can take one of these with me. I yeah. need a couple because I want I want to take one home with me on the plane. A whole lot of rolls on a stick, mate. A whole lot of rolls on worst. a stick. Broomstick. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm taking them home. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the paper home. Have it analyzed and then try and find the brand, <laughs> so I can four ply. So up. I can buy it for for, for Australia. Malzi, what else needs to be said? It's, like, it's unbreakable. Ben, ben has more apparently. <laughs> I mean, what more needs to be said except this for the, toilet paper? You know, bunny rolls. <laughs> Do a whole podcast that's, that's episode this, on it. This, uh, most this podcast has should just be called Good Poo Monday. <laughs> what, uh, what did happen to the little fat kid from Hey Dad? He did some toilet paper ads. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did he too. Did. did he grow into Ben? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Melzi, it's been awesome having you here for Thank another week. You. And you are back in two in weeks' time. Weeks, yeah. Yes, looking forward to that. I'm going to indulge myself a bit here and play <laughs> a song from the movie I recommended, The Last Mimsy. Roger Waters from Pink Floyd wrote a song for the movie called Hello, I Love You. And if you love Pink Floyd, you'll love this song because it is very Pink Floyd-y. So that's the way we're going. And Ben, see you in a couple of weeks, mate. See you in a couple of weeks. Ciao, ciao.
Choice. We can say goodbye or say hello.